This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, your truly Kickin' Life guru, Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as Rocky says, nothing hits harder in life. It's not about how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And that's how winning is done. And I want you to be a winner. I want you to be your very, very best. I want to inspire and motivate you to believe in yourself. So when, not if, but when life knocks you down, you get right back up with that confidence that I can take on more, I can do more, and I can live my best kick in life. All right, so buckle up, saddle up, here we go. Greetings, everyone. You're Kicking Life Guru Master Rich Grogan here. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Wow, wow, wow. Another great episode coming your way. Hey, listen, folks, if you didn't check out the last episode with Chris Widener, and in the episode we talked all about who is Chris Widener, well, I'll tell you who he is. He had a TV show with Zig Ziglar, and he wrote a best selling book with Jim Rohn called 12 Pillars. Absolutely outstanding. He's uh, one of my personal mentors, someone I'm working with in a mastermind group. Fabulous podcast. We talked mostly about one of his uh, one of his books called Reap What You Sow, and it's just like it sounds. We talk about that a lot on the podcast. The seeds you plant are the seeds that you're going to harvest. We all know that. But sometimes, you know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes life is easier said than done. No, that's all the time. Everything in life is easier said than done. But sometimes we take that for granted. Sometimes we overlook those little bitty things. And that today is what today's show is all about. We're going to talk about choices and daily disciplines. On our show today, we've got a special message call in from uh, Professor Brandon Beliso, and he's going to talk about the power of choice. And in studio here with me, I've got a golf pro. A golf pro? Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. You're going to hear his voice in just a second. And some of our, or some of our listeners, especially our golf fans out there, you're probably going to want to jump through and smack him around when I tell you where he's going next week. What event is happening next week? Hmm. The Masters. Yes, the Masters. Who's here with me in-house? My brother-in-law, the rock star, the PGA professional golf uh, two-star pro. He's going to tell us all about himself. He's got so many accolades, I don't even know where to start. But he's going to the Masters next week. I thought I'd start with that. And we're going to talk a little bit about the daily disciplines of golfers and choices. Noah Vineyard. Noah, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> there we go. There's his radio voice. You've been waiting to say that, haven't you? Yes, I have, man. I've been watching too much Anchorman. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. Anchorman. Good stuff. Good stuff. We were doing our prep before the show. Red leather, yellow leather. Ow, now, brown cow. <laughs> Iris wristwatch. Getting all the tongue twisters out there. Well, good stuff. Well, Noah's in town for a little bit, and uh, I'm Normally when he pops in town, he's only in town for a day or so, but he's been in town about a week now, and it's been great. We get to do all kinds of different things, and just seeing him and talking to him and find out his, how his life is going has been uh, spectacular. He's a young man. Well, he used to be a young man. I guess, well, you're 35 now? Yeah. That's still uh, a young getting man. Getting up there. Getting up there, yeah, right. Anyway, he's a, uh, probably said it wrong, PGA yeah, so Pro. Uh, exactly. Well, I'm a Class A PGA member. So you have the PGA Tour and you have PGA Business. So I'm on the upper level of the PGA Business side. And then I'm certified specifically in instruction. 
So I'm a two star instructor with the PGA. Awesome. How so many stars? How many stars to go? Four. Up to? Four stars. So I'm like a four eligible. Star general, but you're a two star. I'm a two star general. exactly. Uh, right. So I'm going for my four star actually next year. So wow. to be a master instructor. I'm actually now eligible. You um, are the master because I've been a PGA member for over eight years now, and I've given over ten thousand golf lessons. Holy cow! So. And listen, to that folks talk about desire, passion, and knowing what you want to do, and then working toward it. Thirty five years old. He's working on becoming a four-star, we'll just say general, PGA general. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's outstanding. Good stuff. And over 10,000 lessons. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Yes. I don't think I can count to 10,000, so that's good stuff. And most of your lessons are with kids? Uh, the majority. I would say it's about 50-50. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, okay. I know we, we talk uh, a lot about, obviously, with the, the Martial Arts Academy years ago, martial arts was all for you know teenagers and adults, and now the primary audience is kids move in that direction. And I know you had mentioned with uh, golf, you're teaching more and more to kids, but uh, still got a 50-50 split there. Yes, definitely. Well, good, good, real, real good. And things are going great? Yeah, things are great. Um, I actually joined a group. It's called Golf Tech Events. And so what I'm doing now is I'm traveling uh, to different PGA Tour events, and I'm actually teaching um, live golf experiences um, for companies on that do sponsorships for the PGA Tour. So, for example, if you were going to the Masters and um, anybody in this room going to the Masters, the <laughs> oh yeah, no, and is. you were and you were walking around the general public, um, if you you know pop in a, a booth or a tent. Uh, for example, say Charles Schwab, um, if you pop in their experience, I would give you a live uh, BGA golf lesson right there on spot. Awesome. So um, just traveling with them, uh, doing some great things, helping people out. It's a fun experience. Nice. And you get to do what you love most, which is play golf and help improve others' exactly. games. Exactly. Yep, exactly. It's uh, help people play better golf, which makes their life better. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. And all our golf fans out there, men or women, you know, if um, if your swing's off and that's your uh, maybe Sunday afternoon thing you get to do and you go there and you're not doing it very well, obviously it, what used to be fun is now more frustrating than ever. Well, you got Noah here to help you out. Noah, tell them how to get a hold of you and how to reach you and Golf Tech that you're working for and uh, let, let them know what steps they could take to help improve their game. Yeah, definitely. You can uh, look at a, look at our website. It's golftechevents.com. And Golf Tech is G-O-L-F-T-E-C events.com. Um, Golf Tech stands for um, Technology, Equipment, and Conditioning. Wow. So that's the TC that. of Golf Tech, so you know that. Um, and actually, Golf Tech, is a, it's a big company. They teach one out of every six lessons nationwide. So there's over 170 locations, franchises, um, across the nation. And actually, we're in South Korea and Japan now, looking to go into China. But I'm part of their events team. Um, so golftechevents.com, uh, you can reach me on my email. It's in vineyard at golftech.com. Outstanding. And folks, check that out. Check it out. You know, my goal with uh, having the guest on the show is try and scratch that itch, whatever it may be. And we're going to talk about, you know, as we talk about just about every show, the power of daily disciplines and choices. And he's going to talk, uh, Noah, firsthand experience with a lot of the PGA pros out there and kind of the daily disciplines they go through. And obviously my goal with that is to let you know, hey, we're all human beings in this world, 7.5 billion of us here. We all got our special niche to be who we were born to be. However, it doesn't matter if we're at the top of the totem pole or at the bottom of the totem pole. 
we, we could all all benefit from some daily discipline, some choices. And you're going to hear about some of the golf pros, some of the things they do that, you know, real simple. It's just about doing it day in and day out. Good stuff. And, Noah, that's, that's outstanding. And, folks, you heard how well he, I guess, described the company there that he works for, which a lot of heart and passion. Just think about that. If you, you know, send him an email and have him look at your golf swing, he's going to put in that much effort, time, and passion and desire to help you become a better golfer because that's what his heart's at. That's what he wants to do. Just like the Kick and Life show here, my whole goal is to inspire you to give you that kick in life that you need when life kicks your butt. Not if, but when, because it makes me feel better. Yeah. And you feel better. Well, the same thing. You know, it helps you improve your, your game, maybe knock off a couple strokes. And he, there's no miracle worker. You're not going to go from shooting 100 to shooting, you know, uh, par golf overnight. However, you start chipping away at it, which, once again, is part of the taste show, the daily disciplines. You'd knock off two strokes this round, two strokes this round, two strokes this round. Before you know it, you've got 10 strokes shaved off your game. Now, how good would that make you feel? But it's daily small disciplines. So, Noah, next week you're going to be at the Masters. Um, what what are you excited about, about the Masters? How many times have you been, first of all? I've been every single year since 2005. So once I got my PGA <laughs> card, I've gone every single year. Um, so 13 years. Anybody uh, want to jump through the uh, – I was going to say the phone, but <laughs> I guess in the studio here and smack Noah around. Wow. Right. Well, yeah. you know, we just uh, we just came from the chiropractor, a good friend of mine. We both needed a Kraken. And, uh, and Noah, you, you'd said with uh, with Rich, the chiropractor, uh, you know what, I'm going to give a big shout-out. Big shout-out to my buddy Rich Novak, uh, Novak Chiropractic. Awesome, awesome, awesome. He calls his, – his business is called the Pain Center. And of course, he gave us a little bit of pain, but yes, it's pleasure on the other. <laughs> no, end. yeah, it's worth it. It is, it's worth it. Now the pain center to eliminate all your pain. But you let him know that you're going to the Masters, and he said that's one of his uh, bucket lists. Yeah, it's, he, he was very jealous. I mean, he sat there for a couple minutes in awe, and then I was just showing him. Uh, yeah, I had a uh, Masters watch on and and some different uh, stuff, and yeah, he he was uh, that's on his bucket list. And, so, and you've been every year since 2005. Correct. So how does that make you feel? Uh, pretty good. <laughs> I had to work. I had to work hard to get that PGA card to yes, make me did. to to have me walk in VIP to the Masters. Um, it's 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 pretty funny because it's the one event that I can't get my family in into. Folks, I can, that's I why can, I've never been there. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> the, any other PGA event? Uh, the PGA Championship is here uh, in the fall at Bell Reeve, and and you can definitely be my guest. But if you were to he be said my, that on the air, folks, thank to, you. <laughs> to be my guest of the Masters, I can do nothing. <laughs> you would have to pay, you know, about a thousand dollars to get into so that no, tournament. No carry on. I, I couldn't slip inside your golf bag. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing. No. Yeah, got nothing for you. Yeah, I, I thought we we're going to have a good show, folks, but he just threw that on me. <laughs> I think we're going to end the show now. Now, good stuff. So since two thousand five, and, and like Noah said, nothing in life. And you hear me talk about this all the time. That's my bang right hook of reality. Nothing is easy. You have to work at it. But so simple daily disciplines every single day, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Golf pun there, right? Correct. Yeah. That was good. To make it happen. So anyway, what what are you looking forward to? Even though you've yeah. been, what, what uh, we're 2018, so 13 years. This will be your 13th year at the Masters. Correct. I mean, the obvious story is Tiger Woods. Uh, with Tiger coming back and playing well and healthy, that's the draw. Uh, for this year's tournament um you know i don't know how much longer his back will hold up um i was just talking to the chiropractor about that 
And about Tiger Woods is back? Yes. Yeah, we were. <laughs> we were talking about fusion and how, um, you know, if you fuse one one part, then it puts 20% more pressure on the next part of your back. And it's just like, okay, it's only a matter of time sure, makes before sense. that cracks or it breaks down. And so he was giving them about seven years. How old is Tiger? Um, off the top of my head, he's definitely in his mid forties. Okay. Um, Folks, I don't know you can look that up and let us know. Yeah, specifically what what age he is, but yeah, that's that's the big draw this year is really? is seeing how Tiger plays at the Masters. He loves that course, so he's won four times, I do believe. Uh, four green jackets, old um, jacket, green jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, folks. What's that from? <laughs> yeah. The best movies of all times. Um, Gold jacket, green jacket. Who gives a crap? Yeah, I, I would love to see. Uh, well, one, it's Tiger Woods. Two, Dustin Johnson was the number one player in the world last year, and then he tripped on some steps at the Masters on Wednesday, the night before, and hurt his lower back. Was that last year? Or? Last year. Okay. All right, and so he didn't play. And so... And he was the favorite. And so it'll be interesting wow. um, how he plays this year. He's probably going to avoid the, that set of steps, right? Correct. Or he just or gets another the, rental house. Yeah. <laughs> avoids that extra cocktail. I don't know what it did. Goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah, he uh, he tripped down some steps. He was and, the favorite. He, he was number one player in the world. Yeah, and, and hurt Ouch. his lower back right, I mean, the night before. So it'll be interesting how he plays. Um, but as just a fan, I – I would love to see, say, Dustin Johnson, Tiger Woods, and Phil Mickelson on Sunday battle it out. Maybe wow. add in Jordan Spieth in there. Yeah, it, it would be great. It's going to be great for golf. There you go. Just set it all up there. So our golf golf sponsors out there, you heard it. And also, well, Noah talked about what the, he does for golf tech and just setting up the experience at the golf course where you can be – you know, working with a golf pro, you can go through, get your swing analyzed, and you can have some fun doing it. So check those things out. Check out Golf Tech and check out Noah. And uh, you know what? Have them. They can email their swing to you, and you can oh, give them some guidance. And No question. Yeah, just invineyard at golftech.com. Feel free to send me videos, and uh, I'll shoot them right back to you. Nice. Good yep. stuff. So today's show, and I've got uh, Professor Beliso. He's uh, got a little call-in segment. He's going to talk about the power of choice, and he, as you know, every episode we have Professor Bleso on, it's fantastic. Uh, so very proud to call him a friend, a mentor, and then it's someone who I'm so honored to have on just about every podcast. With and oftentimes he's on for the whole show. Other times, like today, just a little five minute uh, call in segment that he's got for us. Fantastic knowledge. Check Professor Bleso out. Live, Learn, and Grow, Lessons of a Reluctant Tiger. It's uh, his book that's out. Absolutely fantastic job. And his whole shift and his whole set, mindset, and then talking about, once again, the ability to believe in yourself to give back and give back to others for the sake of for the, doing it for the right reasons, to help them become a better person, and it's going to turn right back and help you become a better person. So Professor Beliso is going to talk uh, today with a little call-in segment about the power of choice. Professor Beliso, thanks again, as always, for being on the call, sir. Hey, Rich. It's Brandon Beliso here, grateful to be on another episode, hanging out with your listeners. Today, I want to talk about choice, choice and how it affects my attitude. 
Now, I know a lot of the cynics and the critics want to say, yeah, you kumbaya, positive, rah-rah, cheerleader, gung-ho, that's not the real world. The real world is cynical and it's sad and it's bad. And yes, that may be true, but I'm here to say and share with you, we always have the power of choice to choose how we want to act or react or embrace that moment. Have you ever woken up in a bad mood? I know I have. And when I wake up in a bad mood, I acknowledge that's not my choice. That's just the state of mind I happen to wake up in. But I do recognize that bad mood can stay a minute long, an hour long, a day long, a week long, a month long, year, years and years and years. It is my choice if I'm going to stay in that bad mood or not. I recognize that. A great teacher of that is children. You'll watch children one minute, have a fit, be crying, and you know, the very next minute they're totally fine and they're playing. It's like, uh, what just happened? Kids are a great example of how we possess that as a human being. The ability to go from a funky mood to a great mood. And I recognize that child innately does that. I think it's bred out of us. We lose that. We don't think we have that choice anymore. I have to go to that crappy job I don't like. I have to stay in this unhealthy relationship I'm not happy with, you know, because that's the way it is. And, you know, I made my bed and I have to lay in it. Well, change the bed. Move. Do what you need to do. You always have the power of choice. And that's the beautiful thing about that. Nelson Mandela is another great example I like to refer to all the time. They imprisoned his body, but he chose, they will not imprison my mind. And he said that. They might have you know, taken my body and my physical imprisoned me, but they could not take away my will. And that's powerful. So you always have that power of choice. The thing is finding the skill set to help you get out of that funky mood. Number one for me, boom, I go into meditation and gratitude mode. Gratitude works for me each and every time, right? And Kyoshi Kovar says that pretty cool. Hey, you know, every day above ground is a great day. No matter what the most based reason you have to be grateful, I'm breathing, I have hair, I woke up, whatever the case may be, if you can find just one little, little thing to be grateful for, that you can build upon. That is a springboard. So that really helps me anytime I'm in a bad mood. I choose to meditate and create an attitude of gratitude. Number one, number one for me is that. But you gotta find what works for you, okay? All right, I wanna encourage everyone to go pick up my book, Live, Learn, Grow, uh, by me, Brandon Beliso, at Amazon.com. If you'd like more information about me and what I do, please go to BrandonBeliso.com and you'll find more information about me, cool? All right, until we talk again, folks, please, please, please go out there, live your best life. Outstanding. No, what do you think of that? The power of choice, huh? Yep. And so that leads right into, I think the great point they brought up is, how long does a bad mood last? I mean, we all, we're human beings. We wake up, oh, maybe we didn't sleep well, maybe we wake up and maybe we had a rough night, maybe things aren't going well with life, maybe things aren't going well with your job. Maybe it's just like it's been here in the Midwest, what, rainy for like six days straight. <laughs> yeah, Noah's been Since in town. Landed. Said, yeah, thanks, Noah. Noah brought this here. Yeah, so the sun's not shining, so of course that you get that funky-doo mood, but how long does that bad mood last? Well, essentially, it lasts as long as you want it to last, right? Now, is it easy? No. You hear me say it all the time. Nothing in life is easy. 
but it is simply a choice to flip the switch. And I thought another great part that uh, Professor Blue brought up was the children are a great example. You know, how they go from one mood to another. You know, I mean, they're, oh, I'm bored. And then, bang, they're doing something else. And then, oh, I'm bored again. Bang, now they're all excited and jumping around. And you're, you've been with us a few days now with uh, uh, Emmett, my youngest. And, yeah, I mean, he's a, well, I would call him the Terminator because he's all over the place. But, uh, yeah, one mood to the next. And I think that's awesome. We can learn a lot from kids and how they do that. Now, of course, we got some people out there saying, yeah, but kids don't have the responsibilities. They don't have the stress. They don't have this going on. You're right, they don't. And a lot of the stress we bring in our own life is self-inflicted. And yes, we have more responsibilities, we have to pay bills, but I think a lot of times, and Professor Bleso alluded to this, we forget what it's like to be a kid. We get so wrapped up in being an adult that we lose that, that passion as a child. Like Noah with golf, um, I'm sure with the business side, there's times when you're like, oh man, this business... It gets rough because, obviously, if you don't sell the business, if you don't do Correct. this and that, you don't have the, the income coming in to pay your bills. What is, is there a secret? Do you try and remind yourself to get back to being a kid? Yeah, you just remind yourself that I really love what I do, and I'm really helping people live a better life by helping their golf game. And so what's more relaxing than playing really good golf? And so that's what I remind myself of, that I'm really helping people and bringing a smile to their face, making them uh, just a, really a happier person. And so, and, and it's fun. Even if, you know, I'm sitting there on sales calls and this and that, but I get to talk about golf and people are always happy to talk to me. It's not really like I'm it's selling. It's icebreaker, isn't it? I'm not really selling anything. I'm just talking golf. <laughs> and so, and... You're exactly right. It's it's an easy uh, icebreaker. Sure. So. Well, in, in, like you said, nothing feels better than playing a good round of golf. But on the other side of the coin, nothing is more stressful Correct. <laughs> than, than playing than a play- bad round of golf. Exactly. And, uh, but it's once again, it's a simple choice. And, and how mad are you going to be? And, and how long it's going to last, I should say. And uh, Kiyoshi Kovar, he often says, and this got the, from his father. I met him several times. Uh, he's a World War II veteran, Kiyoshi Dave Kovar's father. And 95 this year, I believe, and still sharp as can be. But one of the lessons he gave at a conference I was at was uh, something he would pass on to Kiyoshi when he was a kid. And that was, hey, if getting mad helps, then get real mad and see if it really helps. And when you find out it doesn't, then calm yourself down, make the right choice, get out of that funky do mood, and get it done. And uh, you know, something like my father, similar message back when I was a kid shoveling the horse poo out of the stalls. <laughs> I would uh, I, there were countless times when I didn't do my very best, and I was out there with a flashlight because it was dark out, still trying to shovel it up. And he would say, "Well, if you'd done it right the first time, Richie, if you'd done it right the first time, do you enjoy doing this?" And I tried to make a game out of everything. I mean, to the point where I'm throwing <laughs> poo as far as I could to make it land in the wheelbarrow or playing poo baseball. I know I'm a nut, but I tried to make fun uh, out of anything work. And, of course, your job, That sounds golf. like a, a very sticky situation you were in there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Bad golf joke. It, and Noah's got quite the golf uh, catalog of bad jokes he was telling earlier, but uh, I'll let him jump on a few of those. But anyway, back to the power choice and then also um, – how long are you going to be in a bad mood? So golfers, they goof up. They miss a three-footer for birdie. How do they get rid of it? Yes. Um, it's always staying in the present. That's what the best golfers in the world do. Um, they're able to get mad. 
I would say, for usually they give themselves about five seconds, and you can see it on their face. Say Tiger Woods misses a three-foot putt, you can see he'll back up, and, and he's mad. And, and he'll just close his eyes, he'll take a deep breath, and then he just lets it go. And then, okay, now what do I do for, in this situation? What do I have to do to make this next putt? So it's in they, the past. I can't do yep, anything about it. Nothing you can All do. All I can do now is focus on the present. Exactly. So, and folks, if you're, golfer, if you're a golfer out there, I'm sure that knowledge will help you instead of throwing your club and having a temper tantrum. I've done those things, the, and it hasn't helped. Or in the real world, outside the golf world, you know, we all get frustrated. We Maybe our boss is a jack wagon. Maybe our kids are not behaving properly. Maybe somebody cut us off in traffic. All these things happen in the real world. They just do. And it's not like there's a curse placed on you. That's just part of life. But maybe take a lesson from a golf pro here. Step back. Five seconds. Take your breath. It's in the past. There's nothing I can do about it. But I can't let it control the rest of my day or the rest of my life for some people. Yeah, it's what people don't understand is that's years of practice, mental practice of being able to control your emotions. I teach a lot of teenagers that this they have the swing, they have the game, but on the mental side, it's just an everyday process with them, and that's with everyone. It's just not them. I mean, you watch the pros and in their maturity and how much they don't ever really say it. Some of them do. Most of them do not. How much they work on their mental game of every day, that discipline to control their emotions. And that's why they're the the best in the business. And I think that word you just said, the daily disciplines, small little bits, small little chips <laughs> every single day working toward that and kind of start we talked off or started the podcast off talking about um you're you're knocking shaving strokes off right and how you do that and of course that gets back to the podcast with chris widener last week talked about you know what you uh you reap what you sow so what you sow in the ground your daily disciplines and you can't just sow. okay i'm going to be more disciplined and then try and come back to it nine months later and hope that it's going to be better, you have to continue to cultivate that and work at it, as you said, Noah, every single day, small little things. And I think most people fail. I, I'm coming from personal experience here. You uh, is like you make a declaration. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to the gym. So you go to the gym, you kill yourself for three hours, and now you're done because you haven't been in the gym in forever, so you're really going to do this thing. But you try and go back the next day, and you're so sore that you're like, I hate this. Nothing happens. I tried that gym thing. Well, instead of going maybe a half an hour to kind of recondition yourself, then 45 minutes, same thing with these daily disciplines that they're working on. It's a small little things, folks. And you hear me talk about reading, you know, the power of reading. Five years ago, I didn't know I could read. You know, last five years, over 200-something books. And listened to uh, countless audiobooks as well. Small little things, day in and day out. It's the power of choice, but it's those daily disciplines. It. And when you're exactly going on what you're saying, instead of I have students take a lesson and then say they work all week, they take a lesson on Monday, work all week, and then they go hit a large bucket of ball, two large buckets of balls on a Saturday, and they're like, ah, I'm not getting any better, this and that. Well, I tell them, okay, instead of just banging, you know, in 300 golf balls on one day, hit a small basket, maybe three or four times a week just you know even swinging hitting wiffle balls in your backyard for five ten minutes a day small basket maybe 30 40 balls that will get you further than just killing yourself one day 
Sure. So, well, it's kind of like the gym example, you know, a yeah. little bit over time. Or, exactly. You know, uh, for, for Lent there, I gave up steak and popcorn, but then I added 100 push-ups every day, 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups. And, um, of course, at the end of the week, that's 700. Now, if I would try and do 700 all at once, exactly. it probably wouldn't happen. But by breaking it down in small increments. And, folks, you can do the same. Maybe you're not push-ups. You haven't done push-ups in years. Start off with five. Start off with one and then build on that. It's kind of that compound effect. And my listeners have heard me talk about, you know, the penny that doubles every day at the end of 31 days. That one penny will end up being over $10 million because you've compounded it over time. Little bit, little bit, little bit. And, of course, a journey of 1,000 miles starts with what? One single step. One single step. Okay? If you try and run 1,000 miles all at once, you try and climb that mountain all at once, chances are you're not going to make it. You're going to give up little by little by little, those daily, daily disciplines. Yeah, that's a great example. And, um, you know, and yesterday I know we were coming back from the gym and we were talking about, uh, you, you said you read about a guy that was trying to do the rocks workout and cause you, uh, you worked out twice yesterday. Correct. And, uh, how'd you feel after that? Um, I was a little, I was a little tired doing two a days. Yeah. It's a little, I did cardio in the morning and then I did weights in the afternoon. Um, but yeah, this, this. It's a well it, set up the rock workout. You, you said he did this uh, in preparation for a movie, or is it just no? Yeah, he, he he just had uh, something going on, a little small bet with his buddies at work. Like, and uh, he was in an office job, normal guy, and he tried to do the walk, the rocks workout one day and eat like the rock. So and, now I'm gonna go back to the. It, was this is what the rock does on a consistent basis Correct. Or, or was this just something he was doing for he preparing was for a preparing movie? for uh one of his one of his movies i do believe it was the hercules movie but um he says he pretty much sticks to this routine pretty much six days a week oh um where he is you know he, he wakes up about 4 a.m um does an hour of cardio then goes back home uh eats two chicken breasts Whole thing of broccoli, whole thing of white rice or brown rice for breakfast. For breakfast, <laughs> okay, yes, and then goes back to the gym, does weights for about an hour, hour and a half, and then goes to work. Uh, you yeah, know, whatever. He told me yesterday he's on the set by eight o'clock. By about seven thirty, eight o'clock every morning. So he's already had two workouts in, a full meal, and then after the second workout, I do believe the fish is cod that the guy was eating, and so he had to have another full plate of food, like a you know cod rice and vegetables there's eight meals that this guy had to eat rock eats eight meals a day yes and they're all about the same i think he might have added a salad in there (laughs) but they're all you know fish or chicken uh rice and vegetables and the guy ended up getting he lost the he lost the bet and he he ended up uh, getting sick by about 2 (laughs) p.m he quit he couldn't do it so to be on, on the first day yeah, on the first day he, he could. So not, he didn't make it. He couldn't eat all the meals. He's he he couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean he's just like so full. I mean the guy's doing jumping jacks right by his desk, like doing push-ups because he's trying to burn all this food that he's eating. And then his buddies are just serving him another plate of food, and he goes, I can't. You know, I'm going to get sick. Like alarm went off. Hey, time to eat again. The yep. rock would be eating right yep, now. Yeah, the rock would be eating right oh now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, so, see, folks, and, and obviously The Rock, uh, I, I, of course, I don't know. I haven't spoke to The Rock in some time now. No, I've never spoke with him, but in, in due time, we will. Connect paths. I don't know if I'll try The Rock workout or not, if I can eat that much. But, uh, nor I'm not sure. <laughs> right now, I can keep up with him. But uh, he, I'm sure he didn't start off like that. He built up to it, little right. by little by little by little, where this guy tried to conquer The Rock 
and uh, w- without a whole lot of preparation, and he didn't get through one day of it. So kind of the same thing. You try and jump up the mountain in one leap, probably not going to happen. You try and walk your 1,000 miles in one day, probably isn't going to happen. So it all starts with one small step in those daily disciplines. So, Noah, let's uh, um, kind of continue with the, the golf. And what are some of the disciplines of some of the golfers? Like, um, you know, when, when people watch the Masters, Obviously, the crowd on Thursday is a lot smaller than the crowd on Sunday. Right. It kind of continues to build throughout the week. And right. then, obviously, the people that aren't in contention are teeing off Sunday morning if they made the cut, uh, 8 a.m. or 6 a.m., whatever time. Sure. And then the, the, the people that are in the finals are going to contend for the, the green jacket there are going to tee off later in the afternoon. Right. So it starts on Thursday. When do some of the golfers get there, and kind of what, what are some of the things they do in preparation, kind of kind of to feed off our daily disciplines? Right. Because- so a lot of the golfers have been there for a week or two now. Um, I know that Justin Thomas, for example, he uh, is very active on social media, and I saw his video of him arriving down Magnolia Lane about a week ago. So he has been hitting balls, playing the course, um, mentally preparing himself to win another major. And so this is, you know, by, say they tee up at 8 a.m. on Thursday. I mean, this guy's been working at this for about two weeks straight now. All of this. For this one event. 100%, yes, for this one event. Um, And all the golfers even playing this week um, uh, down at the Shell uh, Open, it – like Phil Mickelson, he says he he's just pretty much preparing this week for the Masters. He's just continuing working on his game. He might be hitting some different shots down at the at the Shell Open, just preparing himself for the conditions of the Masters. If that makes sense, so it's their in their mind they're already in Augusta in wow. a way, and, and it's been probably like that for about a month. I would say for for the guys in you know, that are going to be in contention, Okay, that do it right. So for our um, weekend golfers out there who maybe go out just every Sunday or every other Sunday and they get frustrated because their game's not improving, I mean, think about that, folks. <laughs> you have to do it over and over and over again. It's not going to happen overnight. Here you got Phil Mickelson who's in a tournament, but he's already working on shots, shaping shots in different clubs, even though he's in a tournament, you know, competing – battling for you know top prize he's already preparing for this event coming up so uh, how can that help you in the real world how can that help you if you're not a golfer well think about that you know if you've got a meeting coming up if you've got a presentation coming up you've got something coming up for your boss or maybe you've got a a talk with your kids coming up and it's going to be an uncomfortable talk whatever start preparing for that now Start even practicing. Look it in the mirror. Just like these golfers are practicing their stroke, practicing their swing, practicing everything they're doing to prepare for that moment. And oftentimes we hear about people will get their 15 minutes of fame, but they're not ready for it. You know, to me, luck, and listeners, you've heard me talk about this countless times, luck is when opportunity, I'm sorry, is when preparation is met with opportunity. Or I say it backwards. Opportunity is met from preparation. There we go. So you, you prepare for that knowing at some point in time you're going to get it. So when that opportunity does present itself, you're ready for it. You're ready for it. And the same thing. You want to get in better shape by the summer? Well, it's not too late now, but it would have been a little bit better if you would have started you know, last month. But it's not too late. Now, if you want to get in shape for the summer and it's already July, 
well, let's set our goals a little further and say, let's get in shape for Christmas time, right? So you're going to prepare for that for when that opportunity does come. And it is with these golfers. That's pretty amazing. I never would have – I realized they get there early, but I never right. would have realized you get there that early and they're already um, – you know, for this big master, the Masters, is, is the Masters the biggest tournament? Or is yes. It- it's, I would say, the biggest tournament in the, in the entire world. It's one that they all want to win. Okay. As a – you know, as a player, it's kind of the one that puts them on the map. That's if it. It, it does. Nobody. Yeah, like Sergio Garcia, for example, last uh, last year when he won it, you couldn't wipe the guy's still smiling, right? Okay. I mean, that is that made his whole career. That so was it. The Masters are similar yep. to the Stanley Cup Finals of hockey, yes. and, uh, the Super Bowl, That's football, a, World Series. Yep, World Series ring. Exactly. Okay, they, they got the ring. Exactly. You're you're in the club. Oh, yep. The green jacket. You got it. And I was going to say, yeah, with, with Phil, say Phil Mickelson wins this tournament down in Texas uh, this weekend. He will be on the driving range at Augusta National on Monday morning. Like no he he will it. immediately, boom, he'll be there. Get there. Yep. Oh, back to back to the whole conversation back here, Back to folks. the grind. Daily disciplines, those daily choices, you know, uh, and something to help us all. When we get tired at the end of the night, well, those daily disciplines, daily choices, the power of choice. Do I drive through the drive through at McDonald's or Taco Bell? Or do I go home even though I'm tired and make something that's a little bit better to eat? Those little bitty things add up. You know, unfortunately, if we're, we're a little bit overweight, we didn't put those 20, 30, 40 pounds on overnight. You didn't just wake up one day and bang, there it was. It was over time. And the same thing. It's going to take a little time to get that weight off. Or if you're in a situation, maybe a bad relationship, it didn't happen overnight. It took time to build up to that. Regardless whose fault it is, it took time. Those little bitty, you know, maybe not saying I love you enough, maybe not spending enough time with him, all those little things add up. And the same thing with your kids. If you and your kids, and I've got a teen, I got two teenagers, and I try and do a better job maybe than my parents did. My parents did the best they could. They could. I, I get that. I love them more than anything now. But being a teenager, there's a lot of stuff going on. But I know now with all the distractions with social media, how much time do we spend on Facebook? How much time do we spend, you know, going through their news feed and who knows what else out there? That's time, valuable time we could be spending with our kids. Once again, daily disciplines. We're all addicted to social media. We didn't used to be addicted to it, but we are because of one day led to another, led to another, led to another. So those daily disciplines on both sides of the fence. They can help create something beautiful, but they can also help create something that's not so beautiful and be destructive. So back to the, this is exciting here. They hear all this stuff with golf. The, the, I'd read somewhere that Phil Mickelson, and I'm sure this is probably true for most golfers, they, um, he would hit, and maybe he still does, 100 balls or a bucket of 100 balls for each club. They'll do that in between tournaments. They, they, would, they wouldn't wear themselves out that much. Say at the Masters, okay. Um, but Was that just during, say they uh, had a week off. Yeah, say Justin Thomas arrived last week. Um, you know, he took the week off. He didn't go down to Texas. Um, he's been in Augusta. So yeah, last week he would be hitting say a hundred balls. Um, you know, with with each club, specific clubs for specific holes. So on the oh, wow. range, they're actually playing the course in their mind. In their mind, they're visualizing. Oh, one hundred percent. Yes, and, and they won't move on to another club until they hit that club exactly the distance and the shape they want it to go. Yeah, And obviously, folks, it, and, and that's their job, so they have to spend the time to do that. But same thing here, and you hear me talk, and you know, I guess last week Chris Widener, who wrote a best-selling book with uh, Jim Rome, Jim Rome 
uh, famous saying, well, he's got many of them, but one of my favorites is self-education will make you, I'm sorry, formal education will make you a living, self-education will make you a fortune. It's those little bitty things. So whatever your profession is, make the choice, the amount of time you have, choose wisely and work on that. Just like Noah said with professional golfers, that's their job, that's their career. They're going to keep working on that because instead of, you know, yeah, social media is going to post some stuff because fanfare and everything else, but he's going to keep working on that. So if you've got an area you want to improve on, work on it. If you've got an area you're really good at, make it even better. Something John Maxwell had said, and I'm not sure if I even shared this with you. No, I share so much, right? Um, you do. Was <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I got knowledge. I read in a book. I read this in a book. So anyway, moving on. He had said that, most people um, try and balance it out. Now, he was kind of against, not against, but he said, don't spend so much time trying to improve your weaknesses in your profession, improve your strengths so you stand out. Now, when I first read that, I was like, what? I'm not so sure about that. And here's the example. He said, you can improve your scale by a, by a maximum of two points, meaning if you're a six in one area, maybe that's your strength. Maybe it's talking, maybe it's communicating. Uh, maybe it's uh, inspiring people. But say your weakness, and maybe this is me, right? <laughs> your weakness is paperwork, administrative duties, things you don't like. Um, now, yes, you can work to improve those. So say my administrative duties is a two. I work real hard and bring that up to a four. That's still below par. However, I work on my successes. I take those from a six to an eight, or maybe for if they're a seven to a nine or a ten, Wow, then I stand out in a crowd. That's how you separate yourself. So his whole point was work on your strengths. Yes, you may want to improve your weaknesses, but spend more time on your strengths to stand out because the nines and tens get noticed where the fours, what is that anyway? Now, easier said than done. Folks, you've heard me talk about the business. We've been bankrupt twice, and you know the first, my gosh, I don't know how many years, I was a one-man band, and I was trying to do it all. Wow, it was a disaster. But now I've got... You know, beautiful wife, Desi, she handles all the administrative duties, extremely good at it, and that's kind of driving the areas that I wasn't very good at, and now I can work on, like, podcasts, speeches, and everything else, which is really driving the business. So, Noah, um, with golfers, obviously, they want to improve every aspect of their game, but have you ever heard that philosophy before? I, it's a unique philosophy. Um, usually with golfers, they will try to work on – I would say their weaknesses, weaknesses whether sure. it's, yeah, it's their misses. Um, and it's usually chipping and putting. Is it really? Yeah, that's it. It's scrambling around the greens. That's what makes it or break it. Hey, sure. Yep, that's it. Well, and, and uh, yeah, the first time I heard of that, I was kind of, I didn't know what to think of it. But now in the real world, I present that as far as being an entrepreneur, being a sales professional, being anything you want to stand out in the crowd. Sort of like, um, well, how about this example? You see these guys that do these long drive competitions. Right. Those are guys, I think, that would uh, the John Maxwell philosophy there. Yeah, they realize that you know what I can hit the golf ball further than anybody, and I'm going to focus on being even better at that as opposed to my chipping and putting. You know, well, of course, the guy thing, driving's for show, right? right. Putting's for dough. Right. Well, they've made their drive for dough as well. Yeah. So, yep. Exactly. Um, well, you have guys like Dustin Johnson that have recorded 400 yard drives this year. Which Holy is, cow! Right, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, but he obviously rounds I, it out. So. Yeah, um, I would say hard surface, um, <laughs> short grass, ball. <laughs> the ball runs a lot. It was on it. asphalt. Yeah, <laughs> it, <laughs> it was, was down a, a runway. It was a scene from Ten Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Seven iron, still going. 
But the reason why uh, Dustin Johnson says he his he became the number one player in the world is because he worked on his putting so much, even though he's one of the best drivers in the world. Really? Yes. Well, there you go, folks. You got it from Noah here. Two sides of the coin there. Um, you, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going out and saying this. You do you. You be the best you you can be. Work on yeah, improving some of your weaknesses, but I'm going to say work on your strengths and improve those to be the best to stand out. And uh, like I said, that's kind of something I've done. Something John Maxwell had mentioned. I love it. If you're a professional golfer, you got to round out the game, baby. You, if, you have to. Yep. Well, it's, good. In preparation to the Masters, I was going to mention that say um, Tuesday and Wednesday, right before you know they tee it up on Thursday, their coaches will will be there with them. Uh, but they're not really talking. They're just watching. And so I, they, they, might, they talk about alignment. So I think that's a key point. We talked about that on the last episode and several episodes. Even the greatest of the greatest have coaches. So why do professional golfers have coaches? Uh, because well, you, you, you need them. You need them for support. Um, a lot of them will have a nutritionist, a mental coach, a swing coach, um, a yoga coach, a stretching coach. All right, I'm going to get mean, back to it's... my point here. I'm, I'm going to sell this. I'm going to drive this point home. <laughs> they focus on what they do best, and there are areas they don't know a lot about. They hire somebody to do you it. You better believe it. There we go. All right, John <laughs> Maxwell. I saved you, baby. Good stuff. I knew I'd come back around on it. But, no, it, it, you focus on what you do best. You know, well, the other day we were piddle farting around with something in the garage, and right. I spent two hours on it, never got it done right, and I was like, gosh dang it, that's why I pay people to do this, because I just wasted two hours of my life I'm never getting back. And I couldn't always do that, but now <laughs> I try and spend the time on growing me. But no, I, I think that's a great point. Michael Jordan had a coach, greatest uh, basketball player in the world. Right. Why? Everybody needs a coach to help push them to the next level, because you don't know what you don't know, and that's why you know people, that's why you listen to the Kicking Life podcast. Because when life, not if, but when life kicks your butt, you know, I'm here to kick you in the butt to get you back up to live your best kick in life. That's why all the greats have coaches, because they know that they could go to another level. And as humans, we can only push ourselves so far, right? Yes. So so go on. I, I kind of interrupted there. Cause no, that's fine. The um, John Maxwell thing got me. I was like, yes, they yes. hire others. The, um, yeah, and so for preparation for a tournament like the Masters, they will play the course in their minds. Say they hit 10, they'll start usually with a sand wedge. So say I arrive on the range, I'll hit, say, 10 sandwiches, and then I know on the first part three I'm going to use a 9-iron. I'll hit, say, 10 9-irons, all right? And then I'll make sure I'm hitting that perfect exactly where I want, you know, the distance I want it to go. And then from there I'll hit some 5-irons, then some 3-woods, then, say, 10 each. And then some drivers. I'll go back to the sand wedge, hit that because that's my approach shot. That's my money maker to get up and down on the greens. Um, up and down meaning you chip it once, you put it once. Up down, and so up down. <laughs> from there, um, then uh, I would hit some bunker shots. Say ten bunkers, um, long and short, and then I'll hit pit shots over bunkers say 10 of those, then say 20 chips right off the green because, once again, I mean, that's your that's going to save you, the up and downs. And then, you, and then I would putt for probably a good half an hour. And then you would go back. hit If I'm hitting whatever club I'm going to hit on one tee, after putting, I'm going to go back to the range, hit that again, 
and then go into the clubhouse, mentally relax, boom, first tee go. Wow. Folks, you wore out and you haven't even got on the course yet. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's waking up on time. It's getting a good breakfast. It's just making sure everything, uh, your, your ducks are in a row. Um, and leaving yourself, I mean, these guys will leave themselves two hours to prep. So There we go. Folks, that's why they're professionals. That's what they do. So, I mean, some of think, well, they're professionals. They don't need to do all that. Well, that's the reason they are professionals, because they do all of that. You know, I, I read an article once, and uh, someone talked about all the different uh, charitable things that Stephen King does. I don't know why he popped in my head, but it's just the article. And they said, well, does Stephen King – some people would say, well, he's got the time because he's Stephen King. But the other side would be he's uh, – Wait a minute. Now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm trying to think about the professional thing. I was trying to tie it all in together here. Bing, bang, boom. Or does does he have the time because he's Stephen King? Or he's Stephen King, that's why he has the time. I twisted that around. Holy cow, folks. I think you can fill in the blanks. But I'm going to take on the professionals. Are they professionals because they've done all those things to become a professional? Yes, they absolutely are. And so they're professional. They've now got time to do all those things because they chose to do all those things to become a professional. Did I, did I connect Correct. the dots there? Kinda, in, kinda, in a roundabout way. Yeah, it did. was definitely a yeah. roundabout way. Yes. That was a snowman, wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> Put me down for a five. Right. <laughs> that's, that's what my dad would say. But like, uh, Dad, you actually took five shots to get out of the bunker. No, I still got a five. Okay. <laughs> It, the five shots getting up there don't count when you yeah. spend five shots on right. a bunker. Yeah, up and down, right? <laughs> up and down, five up, five down. That's a five. There you go, triple nickel. Five shots out of the bunker, five shots on the green equals five on the scorecard. Correct. Now I get it. God dang, that would have helped so much before. I'm going to go back to the Stephen King thing. Folks, I think you can figure it out. Anyway, I'm going to go from there. So, wow, what a show. And it, it, everything kind of ties in together. Once again, kind of the mental discipline about how long are you going to choose to be mad if you miss that three-foot putt? How long are you going to choose to be mad because your boss made you mad at work? Are you going to let it carry over the whole day? No. Try and get rid of it. Easier said than done, but the more you work at it, the more you cultivate and nurture those seeds that you've planted. Maybe your boss planted a nice, terrible onion seed right off the bat early in the morning. Well, Dig that dang thing up and get rid of it. Don't let it fester into something that's going to ruin your day. Same thing with the golfers there. Maybe they take a double bogey on the first hole. Well, they can continue thinking about it. Ten Cup, one of our favorite movies, you know, <laughs> bombed it out of the water and just kept getting worse and worse and worse. I think the line on that, uh, what was it at the end? He said, uh, how in the world could a ball striker like you get a 73? He goes, oh, I missed a five-foot foot on, uh, on, on, on 18, or I would have had a 72. <laughs> so anyway, uh, being crazy here. But it all ties in together, those daily disciplines, daily choices. And then uh, something else Professor Bleso talked about was you know, gratitude. Be grateful for the little things. And I think oftentimes, all of us human beings, uh, we often overlook that because we're so focused on now, back to the golf analogy. God dang it. I just missed that freaking three-foot putt for birdie. Gosh dang it. My boss has been such a jerk today. Or my kids. What's wrong with them? We focus on all the negatives instead of being grateful that, well, the sun's shining today, right? Yeah. Instead of being grateful and playing at the Masters. I'm at the Masters. You know, I've got good health here. All the things we often take for granted. Exactly. Um, I mean, you make a great point. I mean, that's something that all golfers have to remind themselves of how you know great they really have it, but how much they you know, are? I mean, how much do. work they they've really had to put in 
to being the greatest. Uh, but then sitting back and just saying, okay, you know, all right, I'm here for a reason. Yep. And I think by getting that, you know, attitude of gratitude, that mindset, you know, all that work went into that. But in the end, they're still doing something they love. So the same thing. I mean, yes. you've taught 10,000 lessons now. Yeah. And you still find a way to remind yourself, hey, I'm, I'm playing golf. You know, sure. I could be working at a job that I hate. I could right. be working for your, your father's old construction company. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. That was something we talked about earlier today was you made a commitment. That was your driving force that I don't want to do manual labor. That stuff sucks. Yeah, carrying concrete buckets up and down basement steps isn't uh, what I wanted to do my whole <laughs> life. So. Picking up a golf club uh, was much easier sure. to me. And our <laughs> heart goes out to those guys working that stuff. Yes. My gosh, we've both done it. and uh, Huge respect for that. But uh, So anyway, folks, obviously the whole, whole message, everything I try and present here, and that's why I try and bring on the best guest uh, I can to help share insight from all over, different perspectives of things. Now you got a good dose of what professional golfers go through and the daily disciplines they do to make them become their best, but yet they still have coaches. Same thing here, that self-education, wanting to become better at being the best you you can be. 7.5 billion people, you hear me say it every single show, but there's no one like you. Be the best you you can be, self-educate, surround yourself with people that are going to drive and push you to be your very, very best. Cut those anchors. Get rid of those people that are pulling you down, dragging you down, those people that limit your ceiling. Keep those expectations. Keep those uh, um, standards high, and the right people will move into your life. Is it easy? No, nothing in life is easy. Get over that. Soon as you get over that, I say that from experience because I used to use those excuses. Well, yeah, easier said than done. Oh, yeah, must be nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, get rid of that thought. Cut that. Anytime you're going to say something like that, think that's a weed that's popping up. Till that baby out. Get out the roundup, (laughs) the weed killer. Get rid of those thoughts and start planting the garden that you want. Start those daily disciplines, and you can be the best person you were born to be. Noah? We've been going at it over an hour now. You believe wow. that? Yeah, that goes it goes by so fast. Time flies, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, um, once again, let our listeners know where they can find you. Tell a quick shout-out for Golf Tech, uh, yep. great company, and uh, obviously the great things you're doing for them, helping them continue to grow. Correct. And, uh, yeah, you know, hopefully Yeah, check 10, us out online. Um, it's golftechevents.com, and you can reach me on my email. It's n. As in Noah, Vineyard is V-I-N-Y-A-R-D at golftech.com, and that's G-O-L-F-T-E-C.com. And I think I messed up, which my bosses would uh, not be too happy. But, yeah, Golf Tech, it's technique equipment conditioning, not technology equipment conditioning. So technique Technique. equipment conditioning is Golf Tech. Oh, well, with the technique technological age we're in now and all the immediately i thought technology yeah well we we were talking about it earlier with uh people can uh, what you're doing at these events the technology and the equipment you guys have set up to analyze people's golf swings so it's 3d analysis Uh, it's video uh we have motion sensors uh it's a whole 3d analysis of your golf game so it's good stuff they made it add a second T in there, golf to tech. Right. <laughs> <laughs> add the technology technology in with the technique. So good stuff there, Noah. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, um, others out there for these different events, if you want to reach out to Noah, he's an event planner with Golf Tech as well, setting these things up at the yep. Masters and uh, all the different events across the country. 
And uh, I, I guess you, you mentioned Golf Tech now is where in, in Korea? We're in, yeah, in South Korea. Uh, we've been there for, for about a year now. We're all across the uh, North America. So we're in Canada and Mexico. Uh, but we're uh, going to Asia. Uh, awesome. We're already in Asia, in South Korea and Japan, but looking to go into China as well. Going to Asia. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, any last thoughts for our listeners there? Maybe uh, a golf tip that can relate to their life or a life tip that can relate to their golf. <laughs> Something about, uh, uh, is, is it true? Driving's for uh, show, putting's yeah, for dough? Yeah, it is. Uh, that's true. Um I will say one thing: keeping your head down is a myth in golf. Um, well, you got to explain that now. Yep, I know. So you it, always that may be the number one line using a oh, pull my head up or keep your no, head down. Yep, no, no. Whoever usually you get the best tips from the highest handicap, right? <laughs> Wait a minute. We're about to close out here. We're going to go a little bit longer here because I'm going to let you elaborate on that a little bit because what was it you told me years and years ago? Similar to that. I haven't heard that line yet. Your best tips are from? The highest handicapper, meaning the worst player in your group is the guy that's giving you tips. Do not listen to that. Look, amateurs teach amateurs. There you go. Amateur things. That's what you. That's that's the line you told me. Don't take advice from amateurs because amateurs are going to teach you amateur things, and that's never going to help you become better. Correct. Which, well, listen, folks. That's about the coach. What do we talk about here? Keep your standards high. Raise those up. You know, cut the uh, the anchors. Now, I'm not saying cut your golf buddies out because they're they're their handicaps the highest, and they're trying to give you the worst advice. <laughs> <laughs> but set your standards high. I All like right. that. Amateurs provide. What did it say again? Amateurs teach amateur Amateurs. things. Yeah. And then the other one about the highest handicap. Oh, uh, yeah. Just don't listen. Usually the person that's giving you golf tips is the highest <laughs> handicap in your group. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're the worst golfer. Because he knows not, he knows it all. Yeah. Well, he knows not or what not to do. Right? Correct. Correct. I think I've given some of those tips before. So, so the, so the whole keeping your head down. So what you want to do, and it kind of ties in with martial arts, is you go through the golf ball. So what you want to do is you got to keep your core muscles, your shoulders and hips, moving through the golf ball. So continue rotating your shoulders, and your core, your hips, through all the way to your finish. And that's how you can be a more consistent player. If you keep your head down, most likely you're going to hit the ground first. Uh, you're going to lay sod over the golf ball, which is uh, never good. Um, <laughs> You've covered the ball. Yes. Um, does that count as a stroke? It, yeah, it does. <laughs> and you swing when you keep your head down too long, uh, you just swing with your arms. And that causes a lot of wrist injuries, elbow injuries, uh, stuff I hear all the time, and I'm always preaching to my the, the number one things that I see with with golfers is amateur golfers is they keep they stay down too long. They have to drive through it. Like uh, say you're breaking a board in martial arts, you got to go through it. Just don't hit Not the board. It, through it, yeah. go through it. Just like I mean, you're the ball's laying dead on the ground, so you have to use your momentum and you got to keep driving through it. And you'll see a lot of the best golfers. Um, like Henrik Stenson or the female uh, Annika Sorensen, she they actually pull their head up as they're swinging. They're almost looking down the fairway when they're at the ball because they really? can, they do such a, a good job of using their shoulders and going through the ball. Hmm. And that makes you so much more consistent because you're using bigger muscles uh, to hit the ball. Sure. Um, 
So when you use bigger muscles, your misses are tighter. When you use your arms, your misses are bigger. Oh, that's great advice. Wow. There you go. So pick your head up, folks. <laughs> and next time somebody says yeah. keep your head down, don't no. listen to them. Don't do that. No, it, 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 it ties into, I know you were at the academy the other day when we were going through a black belt class, and I was talking about, obviously, you want your body to throw the technique, not your arm or your leg drag your body. An example I gave, if you're giving, throwing a round kick and your leg weighs 20 pounds but your body weighs 100, if your 20-pound leg is trying to drag your 100-pound body, obviously it's working against itself. However, if the 100-pound body is throwing, catapulting, swinging, if you will, the 20-pound leg, that's where the power comes from. So I guess the same scenario there with golf there. Exactly. If your arms are pulling your 100-pound body, obviously you're slowing things down and you're really restricting your range. And obviously, the flow, like you said, the bigger the miss, is that what you said there with, uh, when you use your when arms? You, yeah, whenever you uh, just swing at something with your arms, you're not going to be very powerful. And um, it's a timing thing. And so your misses definitely will be wider. It will be worse. Um, but if you use your core muscles, your shoulders and hips, whip it. And you, that's why you see pros, when they miss, they don't miss much. Like they'll say the pin's in the middle of the green, and they're mad because they hit it on the right edge of the green. They're not hitting you know, a tree or a house <laughs> in another fairway. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't have the, big, the banana going on. Um, like most amateur golfers that are swinging with their arms. And so that's why pros misses are very tight, I would say. Um, yeah, so use your big muscles. Yep. Awesome, awesome. And, you know, um, always try tie stuff in there for our martial arts friends, body control, muscle memory, doing things over and over again, which gets back to what's the message of this show? Daily disciplines, right? And the power of choice, the choice to have those disciplines or the choice not to. And that's what it boils down to, folks. You make the choice, and you make the choice how long you you want to be mad. You make the choice on what you want to eat. You make the choice if you're going to work out or not. Plant those daily disciplines. Plant the right seeds. And when those negative seeds come, have the daily discipline to dig them up and get them out. Awesome. So, Noah, real quick before we go, uh, we forgot to touch on your golf mats, your your footprints mats. Yes. You've got to Um, to help out people with alignment issues. Correct. Correct. They are Footprints. It's footprintsgolf.com. You can check those out. Um, I invented those uh, about five years ago, and you can find them on Amazon. And um, what they do is it's just a good way to place your feet um, exactly, say, for a wedge, an iron, and a driver. You know exactly where to uh, put the ball and... Um, for your foot or your feet placement and alignment. It's everything you just said. It's really, really good for kids. Um, I would say for adults, but um, say if you have a little guy like Emmett, uh, like your son, um, for, that's seven, eight, nine years old or something, you know, trying to get golf, you're, you take him to the range, you don't really know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> Highest handicap has all yeah, the answers. I mean, he's, he's swinging the, the club like a, like a sword. Um, you put the mat down and there's just four little grommets you put tees in there you lock it down and you say okay put your left foot on the green put right foot on the red and then you know you put your ball right here and and then they're locked in this station it's a perfect practice station that's what it gives you Nice, nice. Set up the station. Yep. And he's not getting Emmett's out there swinging around like a sword doing a form and key-opping and throwing some kicks. and Yeah, good stuff. He, he pulls off the happy Gilmore running up to it from the left side. Right. So it's good. It's good. 
But no more of that with the golf footprints, Matt. He's got to stay position. Left foot green, right foot blue or red or like twister, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Where do you put your hand? Yeah, right. On the golf club. On the golf club, right. (laughs) All right. Well, folks, as always, thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy day. I know how busy life is for all of us. And I know that time is the most sacred commodity on the planet. And the fact that you took time out of your busy day to be with us, that's why we do everything we can to bring you the best content, the best knowledge, have a little bit of fun mixed in there, but help you live your best kick in life. As always, the best thing you can do to help inspire others to make our world a happier, healthier, and safer place to live is share this podcast with your friends and family members. Let them know about it because we're working together here, folks. We are going to make our society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live by empowering people to believe in themselves, be respectful of themselves, not put up with bullying, not allow bullies to happen to us, but not allow us to bully ourselves. The more, the more respectful we are to ourselves, the more respectful we're going to be to others. And that's what we're going to do. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave your comments. I love reading them and share with others. And as always, until we talk again, you get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll be your very best. God bless you. God bless your loved ones. I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. Have a blessed day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week, another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.